Kenny, the Sports Guy podcast. Welcome back to Kenny, the Sports Guy's podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Savera. And today, I'll be talking about a situation that hasn't really hit the mainstream media recently. The dangers of foul balls during a Major League Baseball game. Jordan Scott is a realtor, philanthropist, and lifelong baseball fan from Brooklyn, New York, and is an advocate for foul ball safety in Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball. He is dedicated to increasing awareness on the dangers of foul ball injuries. According to data, there has been over 5,000 fans seriously injured in Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball ballparks all across the country. In 2019, at least 15 people were injured by a foul ball during games, and between 2008 and 2019, 39 children suffered from foul ball injuries like fractured skulls, concussions, and others. My question for you today is, is LLB ignoring this problem? Please welcome Jordan Scott. Thank you for being on the show today, man. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so I want to do an episode on this for a very long time because it's something I don't really think about during major, whatever I watch a Major League Baseball game. And I feel like this situation is being ignored. And I was checking your website, www.fileballsafetynow.com. And I was really alarmed by the number of people, especially kids, getting injured. So my question for you, my first question for you today is, what made you decide to advocate for foul ball safety? How did this movement get started? Yes, thanks for asking that. Yeah, you know, I got started and I've been at it for like two years now. Uh, there was a little girl who got hurt in Houston mm -hmm. um, in, in uh, 2019. And it really reminded me that I knew all along that there was risky uh, seats everywhere in Major League Baseball. But then when I started doing the research and finding out, you know, studies, even independent studies, places like NBC, mm -hmm. which implied 4,500 or 5,000 injuries from 2012 to 2019, may all not have been serious, but certainly they could have been very much 100 or more, you know, serious head injuries or concussions or lost eyes. You know, that's not a good thing. No, it's um, not at all. <laughs> so, but yes, clearly um, I'm going with the studies that I've found and I'm, I'm trying to present the research and a very strong opening to the program. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So what made you, how did this movie get started? I mean, did it start like one day when one, uh, one of the fans got seriously injured or how did this happen? How, how did this happen for you? Yeah, you know, just me being a huge baseball fan and just knowing the risks. I've had a couple of experiences myself, which oh, really? I, just, I just shrugged off. Yeah, yeah. Back in in the early two thousands, I was in Brooklyn, New York, where I'm from, mm -hmm. and we were attending a game near Coney Island, which which is uh, the Brooklyn Cyclones. And I was standing outside the ballpark, outside the ballpark on the avenue with a group of people, and the ball came over the over the stadium, over the ballpark, out onto the street. And without any notice, it hit the young person we were with in the forearm and left a big mark. And I just thought it was unusual that they didn't have a plan in place mm -hmm. to take care of the balls that came out onto the street where people were gathering. The game had begun and not everyone is in their seats, but still it's a public street. People shouldn't be, you know, having an umbrella to block off 
balls while they're passing ballparks, but there should be a plan in place. So there's no plan in place that I know of. And still today, a couple of months ago, I was talking to somebody who had that same experience mm -hmm. where a ball came close outside the ballpark. And then fast forward to like, um, you know, maybe a couple of years later in 2006, I'm sitting at a baseball game in New York at Shea Stadium. Mm -hmm. The Mets now play in City Field. Shea Stadium was there for 40 years or so, yep. 45 I've been there, years. I've been, there, I've been there so many times. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. All right. So, uh, so I, uh, I was sitting at a playoff game and I'm sitting next to celebrities like Jerry Seinfeld. And I'm saying, how could anyone be a few rows from the field and not feel the tension? Because mm -hmm. I did. And I was like, you know, it was very unusual for me to be that close. And at the time, there were no nets at all above the dugouts. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, people have been hurt and killed, you know, in those type of seats. And uh, we'll illustrate that as we go. But I certainly didn't feel comfortable. Um, and uh, that was another wake-up call for me. I know it's funny you say that uh, about safety nets. Uh, recently, MLB MLB started to extend the safety nets beyond the outfield in 2020 after a series of injuries sustained by fans and pressure from outside sources. My question to you is, do we think it's enough to protect the fans or does Major League Baseball need to do more? Well, the way baseball has been operating for a very, very long time, it's very, very secretive. Um, baseball has been making some changes over the last few years. But when, with my own research, with me just calling major league ballparks and minor league ballparks, because mm -hmm. let's not forget. Yeah, there's minor league major ballparks league teams. as well. Yeah, there's 30 major league teams. And uh, the, the, the minor leagues have been downsized a little bit. But as of this year, there were still 120 minor league seas. Uh, mm -hmm. minor league teams and I had made a survey a telephone survey of all the minor league cities that I could reach and I connected with nearly 100 of them so I spoke to most of them and 42 at least 42 were still hosting games this year that had no netting past the end of dugouts where did that little girl in Houston get hit she got crushed past oh, the end of the dugout so, so in 2021 yeah this continues so clearly not enough has been done and i think the only way we would really know that any of these 30 or 120 minor league ballpark teams were really in good shape is if there was an independent netting council that would be like an independent netting council like a regulatory agency of their own architects and engineers they come down they know how where the balls go, how high, how far, how wide. And they'll tell us, you guys need to put the nets like this. And that's that. And then they can hang a sign in every ballpark that says something like, this ballpark is maiming free. And then people can go to the game not thinking they're going to be coming to the emergency room. Or even like nobody who goes to the emergency room ever believes, you know, it can happen to them. Most people are really thinking, even today, foul balls and good times, not foul balls and flirting with death. I know. I, I actually agree with you on that one because I don't think people read the signs uh, posted all across the stadiums about foul balls and uh, flying bats. And mm -hmm. my next question is, you know, a hockey puck is small, but it can't be deadly when a, a hockey player shoots it. 
for many mm -hmm. years, may, uh, uh, NHL has used plexiglass to protect its fans for high-speed pucks. Mm -hmm. Do you see like MLB actually using plexiglass in the future to prevent all this injuries? Well, just to backtrack, uh, netting in hockey is one thing, and there was a little girl who died in a Columbus Blue Jacket game uh, in 2002. Yeah. I and, and, and they raised the nets very high afterwards. And as far as I know, you know, hopefully no serious injuries since. So that was something. That was that was on in on the NHL level. So there was some proactive behavior then. But even 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 with the hockey, I'm not going to give them so much credit because they reacted to the incident mm -hmm. and they didn't prevent it from happening. They reacted and they kind of knew in advance that pucks were flying. It wasn't like nobody knew that the pucks were going at a regularity at speeds, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and reaching seats and reaching things and crushing things so i don't want to give them so much credit and then even in the minor leagues of hockey i'm not so sure if all of the minor league hockeys have their net extended high vertically i think um, i highly i highly doubt that well i don't know i spoke to i haven't done much research on it and i only had one call with the netting installation company up in canada and i just asked them the question and they 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 told me it's still a shaky proposition at each of these places. But I haven't done any research on that. But just getting back to baseball and, and the signs that you had indicated that there may be signs and maybe even appropriate signs posted. But even if you and I is sitting at a game with all the signs and all the announcements in the world, we're staring when we're not blinking, we're staring without blinking for three hours. We have no business being there, especially with children. Uh, children cannot make that call. We cannot, we cannot be putting out little children in places where they're going to be assaulted with 100-mile-an-hour balls mm -hmm. because it's going to, there's going to be a ricochet. It could hit off a seat. And so what they told us a lot. It doesn't mean anything. So you can't get out of the way of a 100-mile-an-hour ricochet ball. Yeah, Will it's it a possible situation. <laughs> yeah. It may help a little bit, but I believe from all the research that I've done, there was a young man who died in 1970 at the Dodger game. Mm -hmm. And certainly at that point in time, no way there should have been ever children allowed in certain sections. And I still feel the same way right now. Who, who says we should be allowing to, our children to go in these seats? And there's no rules that prohibits children from sitting in these seats. Now, if adults wanted to sit in these seats and they wanted to flirt with danger, that's yep. one thing. Maybe they could sign some sort of disclosure. But clearly the rule with the seatbelt law, like in the 1970s, which mm -hmm. took the discretion away from the parents, and they said it's not up to the parents whether the kids sit in the back with belts or not. No, they have to sit with belts. Yeah, so similar to this, <laughs> yeah. So I, I believe that um, certainly uh, throughout baseball for all these years, baseball knew in advance. They knew that these injuries would occur. And I, I compare them to big tobacco. They knew the risks and they didn't educate us. We should have been educated or prohibited the children from coming. This actually leads me to my, sec uh, my other question, which despite the number of fan injuries at MLB, this might be a little bit controversial, but is it really the fault of Major League Baseball? I mean, many fans are usually on their mobile devices during games and they're not paying mm -hmm. attention to the game. Uh, mm -hmm. Could that be blame also 
for the lack of awareness for bands? Sure. So I think I, I'm trying to illustrate that even if we're working and doing our homework on our computer mm-hmm. or we're on our phone, we really cannot get out of the way of these missiles, even if we're staring without blinking. So I'm saying that even if you were paying attention and didn't take your eyes off the game for one minute, mm-hmm. that you're still not going to be able to avoid 100 mile an hour hooking line drives. Yeah, you can. That's now, impossible. That's impossible. You know, and baseball, to make matters worse, they're promoting things on, on the phone apps, on the baseball apps, and they want you to engage with the phones. Mm-hmm. So they're making matters worse. But we shouldn't, in my opinion, have ever been allowed to be there. And um, yeah, and I believe soon, eventually, baseball's going to be exposed and you know there's an expression called mud on your face Mm -hmm. well i think we're going to finally find out about all the crusted mud on baseball's face going back all these years and baseball's been doing everything to conceal it that's actually very interesting i I actually never thought that um mlb actually encourages you to use your phones during games because whenever i used to go to a ball game like mm-hmm. everybody's on their phones, you know, either on social media or taking photos of the occasion. Mm-hmm. And I actually never really thought about, you know, Major League Baseball egging on his uh, fan base to use their phones during games and not be aware of the surroundings. I think that's actually a brilliant point that you made there. Well, it's just adding to it. I whether they outwardly say get on your phone and do this and get on your phone and do that. Mm-hmm. I think people are ordering food through their phones or yeah. buying merchandise through their phones. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's fan clubs for children. I don't have any examples right now, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't need to um, extend. I don't need to exaggerate anything. There's no need to. It's almost like. We shouldn't have been there to begin with. And even if we had, you know, our most upward, utmost, you know, paying attention skills going for three hours, you had no reason bringing your kids there. You cannot defend 100 mile an hour hooking balls or ricochet and you should not have been there. Um, Baseball will say things like, oh, watch your children or you know, pay attention at the game or look at the signs that we're posting, Mm -hmm. but it still is not going to prevent the direct hit, even though uh, they said, you know, we need to pay attention. At the same time, baseball saying those things, pay attention and look at the signs and watch your kid, they're, they're concealing the real data. So they're not really having an honest discussion with us. The honest discussion should have been in 1970 when Alan Fish had died and leveling with us and telling people, folks, these are foreseeable missiles that are coming at you at 100 miles per hour. We need to do something about it now because if we don't, the regulatory agencies will have to because they're going to want to protect certainly the children. that's never happened. And still in 2021, they're getting away with it. So if baseball was honest wow. with us and told us the real data, they know how many people are getting hurt. You read some statistics in the beginning in the show. Mm-hmm. They have all those statistics at Major League Headquarters, and then nobody's ever seen that. 
see what happens is people get hurt by foul balls and usually they'll go to their lawyer's office to see what kind of recourse they have and their lawyer will say you really don't have a much of a case because baseball protected themselves by putting something on the back of the ticket or the e-ticket mm-hmm. that doesn't hold them responsible yep. and then a couple of times the lawyer will try and they'll go to court and then the judge will say something in the first round of the court right away they'll say sorry you have no case this case cannot proceed baseball's free of any liability or damages because of the baseball rule which was created in 1913 all that legal jazz that you see on the e-ticket is part of that baseball rule and then sometimes sometimes the case will actually go a little further along in the proceedings And that's when baseball is worried because the plaintiff is making some progress. Mm -hmm. And that's when the judge in the particular case may say, okay, let's see if baseball had any advanced knowledge of this, or let's see how many people have been hurt over the years. That's when baseball gets nervous and they'll make a settlement with the plaintiff because they don't want the judge to ask for discovery. Discovery is when the judge says, let's find out what baseball really knows. If it's at MLB headquarters, we want to see it. And that's when baseball makes the settlement. You see, I compare baseball to big tobacco. And the commissioner, when they took, when Commissioner Manford took the keys from Commissioner Selleck, Mm -hmm. Selleck said to Manford, he said, you just make sure those secrets stay secret. So we could preserve the wholesome image of baseball. And then, and then Manfred said, I got it. Because any case that goes into legal, into the courts, baseball makes sure that all that secretive data remains secret. If a judge says, let's see the data, then they'll have to present the data. So all those secretive data pieces, like all those injuries, remain secret. Most people today don't think of foul balls with danger. They still think of foul balls with fun. Everyone's Mm -hmm. seen all those fun videos, but they don't think of foul balls and flirting with danger or death. It's interesting that you say all this because you mentioned earlier that you said that MLB is not sharing the numbers regarding foul ball injuries. And my question to you is, do you think this scandal is being swept under the rug? by Major League Baseball. Oh, yes. Not only by Major League Baseball, uh, but also there's not enough of people inside baseball that have stepped up and done enough. There's a double standard going on out there. Baseball players get very emotional when a little child gets hurt. And you'll get an opportunity to hear them, usually after some little kid gets hurt. And they'll all say things like, yeah, they should put up the nets or here's the double standard. Mm -hmm. My parents, they're sitting behind the nets or I don't allow my family to sit anywhere without nets. But most fans don't think of it that way. But the baseball players are saying it. And how about all those baseball writers? You know, if you're in New York, you'll know there's probably 25 full-time baseball writers working for all those newspapers. They're baseball journalists. They're journalists. I hold them to a higher standard. They're supposed to be truth tellers. How come they're not banding together and stating years ago, 
hey, I don't, I don't allow my own family to sit here. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure we all get together and come up with a message that tells these owners that they need to make it safe for fans, but they haven't done that. Yeah, it's so weird. I think, uh, I believe that the, with this whole scandal going on, I think Major League Baseball bought out the silence of the media. And this is why we don't really hear that much about, you know, foul ball safeties and injuries beyond it. I mean, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think OLB needs to be held accountable for all this, you know? And I feel like netting does help a little, but it's not going to, that's not going to automatically solve the problem. Well, I mean, you're not, I mean, what I believe can happen is if there was an agency outside of MLB that visited all 30 major league stadiums and all 120 minor league stadiums, Mm -hmm. Mrs. Goldblum, who died in 2018 at the Dodger game. Yeah, I remember that game. She was killed uh, when the ball flew behind home plate. Mm-hmm. And the Dodgers took about a year and they raised the Nets vertically upwards. So maybe the other 29 teams didn't get the memo or maybe because I believe if an independent netting council went to those other 29 stadiums, mm-hmm. you think 93 mile an hour balls are still reaching some of those sections? I it think will. they are. It will. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it does. You know what? Right. So until an independent netting council comes in because they'll know all the statistics, how high, how far, how wide the nets need to go mm-hmm. based on their research. And their research is balls fly here at these speeds and this is how often they do. Well, once is too many and we need to put up the nets this high, this high, this wide. We, you and I cannot walk down the street and, and 10 or 20 or 100 ball, uh, bricks come down every year, whether it hits us or not. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way we would ever be able to walk down that street until the problem was rectified, until the cement had arrived and made sure the bricks were tightened. But unfortunately, in baseball, especially the 42 minor league ballparks this mm-hmm. year in 2021 and in Peoria, Illinois, where I actually had to rent an airplane to tow a banner to make a strong statement. Oh, really? There's no nets past the dugouts. Yeah, in Peoria, Illinois, which is an affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals, yeah, yeah. they had no netting at all above the dugout. Wow. And I thought we were past that a long time ago, seven years ago, six years ago. I have a video up on my website at Foul Ball Safety Now. It shows before the nets were above the dugouts and this year starting this year in Peoria it shows what happens when a ball goes in between two guys and if it hit one of those two guys inches this way or that way that would have been the end of baseball in Tampa because that would have been the most graphic video we would have ever seen of somebody getting smashed in the face. Yeah, I'm sure that, I'm a, that would have been. And and how come we are functioning as a baseball community, inches away from death or maiming? How could that be? It's still going on today. Giancarlo yeah. Stanton hit a home run in August a couple of weeks ago, and it left the bat at 106 miles per hour, and it hit the short porch in right field, and it hit the kid right in the middle of the head. Now, I think the kid was okay, but maybe a doctor or somebody in science would say if it went one inch the other way, it could have been the end of his eye. Well, I'm sure. I'll let people check that out. Check out that Angel Hernandez 
Giancarlo Stanton CBS home run video. You'll be able to find it. Well, based on, on what you said, I'm sure Major League Baseball is loving the idea of uh, that actually being promoted. <laughs> but, well, I don't think they are. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I know. But you, they do promote a lot of videos up on YouTube. But it's usually the foul balls and fun. The guy catching the ball with the beer or the baby. Yeah. But they're not yeah. really promoting the other ones that are flirting with death. I mean, this leads to my uh, other question. Sure. I mean, what... What can parents do, in your opinion, what can parents do to protect their kids from foul balls? You know, that's a great question. Um, you know, I would say it's really a family call. I don't know the status of all ballparks, but, you know, if 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 there's any chance of them being snapped with a ball uh, or, or, or hit with a ball, just to avoid it. Um, I'm not, you know, it's really above our pay grade. It's really up to the engineers and architects mm -hmm. to make the call. But I certainly have said for the last half century, there should have been never children allowed in certain sections. And today, it's still so obvious that children, for starters, should never be allowed in, in certain sections. Erwin Goldblum, whose wife was killed to dodge a game, mm -hmm. he's been coming to some of my virtual Zoom calls. And when I said that, he said, well, how about my wife? And I said, well, you know what, Erwin, you're right. It's probably all ages. And certain sections just need attention immediately. And um, like I said, it could be any part of the ballpark. You know, Giancarlo Stanton hit that home run the other day, a couple weeks ago. He left the bat at 106, and it hit the kid's head. How fast was the ball traveling after 300 feet? 87? Mm -hmm. I don't know. 92? 79? but fast enough to hit the guy in between the head, a kid. And, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll try to find that out, uh, asking somebody, you know, how fast it hit his head at. Maybe it's slightly less than 106, but uh, maybe fast enough to, to, to cause a death. I mean, this is like happening, and this is something we need to talk about. How about having a real first-time discussion with baseball community the baseball community but i'm fed up with major league baseball they knew about this they should be all forced to sell their team and there should be no hall of fame for any baseball players or baseball writers you cannot be in a hall of fame or on a, a praise higher level if they if, if they have a history of maiming and killing uh, and the people that i know the handful of people that I know, there's probably hundreds of more that have an impact statement and they all feel bitter and they all want their bills to be paid for. And they're all not watching the game anymore and they're not going to games anymore. And they don't even want, want their kids watching baseball uh, because a woman who I interviewed for my book, mm -hmm. you could know, see a lot of the things that I've written um, articles I've written and things at foul ball safety. Now the book's not quite ready yet, mm -hmm. but um, a woman who was 14 years old in 1979, she was, she lost her eye at Chase stadium years later when she became a parent, she didn't want her child playing baseball. She was relieved because it has an effect on families and generations. All these people need to be welcomed back in the game. 
it doesn't affect bottom line. They don't care that hundreds of people are bitter at baseball. They don't care about hundreds of people that are not passing on baseball to their fa- uh, next generation. Mm-hmm. Why do they care? It's, they, they, that's not going to really affect their bottom line. But if there's going to ever be dignity or respect in baseball, these people need to be welcomed back with a genuine apology. And the only way in accepting, the only way those families or members would take an uh, accepted uh, genuine apology is if if it's if it's real and they'll realize that they would be the last victims that nobody else will have that same experience until that happens baseball is stained and um and we can't really move on till then wow that's a very very powerful statement right there and just i have one more question uh i mean japan they, I mean, for many years in Japan, baseball, they actually have the netting all across the stadium except for the outfield. Do you think, do you think MLB, uh, MLB should uh, do what Japan did and just copy paste the netting all across the stadium? Well, I'm glad you brought up Japan because Japan is about respect and dignity for their yep. fans mm-hmm. and, and America is not. Japan doesn't have the type of incidences of and the frequency of how often and how people are getting maimed. Uh, they have team attendants that are on like all the places where balls are flying into the seats, blowing whistles, telling you to put your head down as the ball is coming. Mm-hmm. Just things like that. But people aren't rudely getting slammed like little kids are past the third base dugout. Their nets are high enough where those line drives are not reaching people in split seconds. Like it could still happen today in America. Exactly. Japan, Japan is all about awareness. It's in their culture. They have team attendants that, that blow whistles and things like that. Mm-hmm. They even have animation up on the scoreboard, which people may say is a little distasteful, but it brings the point. It tell it shows people that if you're not paying attention, that you'll be carted off in an ambulance. They're actually doing that. They're showing an animation of, you know, a fan, like a cartoon character getting like wheeled off to the uh, emergency (laughs) room. You know, that kind of thing. People may laugh at it, but they're trying to bring home all the points. Well, that's 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 a salient point of that. I mean, I'm glad Japan actually does that because if they don't pay attention, then that's it. You're done. I mean... (laughs) They're not having the type of injuries that we have here in America. Exactly. And I feel like um, Japan, I mean, Major League Baseball should take a page out of Japan and just do all that, you know? A lot needs to be done. You need an independent netting council. Some regulatory agency needs to come on in Mm -hmm. and tell baseball throughout the minor leagues. Um, You know, there's all kinds of other leagues as well. I haven't really gotten into those. Independent baseball leagues, college baseball leagues. But just the Major League Baseball Association of 120 minor league ballparks, which they're paying salaries for those minor leaguers, those young players are bearing the burden knowing they could be the next one to do the maiming. They'll tell their own mothers and fathers. There's six or 700 jobs in the major leagues. There's about 5,000 minor leaguers. They're all on the journey, these minor leaguers, of trying to become pros. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to become big-time whistleblowers. They may tell their mom and dads. They do. They've told me for the book. They make sure they have moms and dads sit behind the nets. But, you know, they also know that it could be one of them that does the maiming. And that's not a good feeling. Yeah, and it's even not if a good it's not them that does the maiming, 
They know they're part of the community. They're accountable. Everyone's accountable. I don't blame one player. I blame the, the generation before. I blame the Tony Clarks of the world and the Rob Manfreds of the world, who's the commissioner. The, Tony Clark is the union president, and he was a minor leaguer 20, 25 years ago. And those minor leaguers are paying for, playing for very little money, and they're trying to be major leaguers. And he should be finally putting his foot down and saying, enough is enough is enough. We need to put mandatory netting in places that need to be, you know, having the nets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Agreed. And that in the right places. And and these young players are, are bearing the burden uh, that they're, they're, they're probably in conflict, knowing that they're, every day they play, they're enabling the, uh, the matter. Mm-hmm. Functional situation, and it ain't right. So that's I the mean, story. Wow, I learned a lot today. Actually, um, my I next question, that. I really did learn a lot. So the next question is, where can people find you on social media or your website? I know you've been promoting sure. your website already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's things on the Twitter and on the Facebook, and I, if you go to foulballsafetynow.com, mm-hmm. there are two petitions up as well. Uh, you could also see the connections to the Twitter and the Facebook with the foul ball safety mm-hmm. and the two petitions. One is to repeal the baseball rule, which, which would be the signatures that I can then bring to these guys who work in Congress and okay. say, Hey, come on, change the laws. And then the other one is just for netting and getting enough signatures that compels MLB uh, to say, we're not going away and we demand nets and enough of this double standard. Mm-hmm. And let's get it done. Uh, do you have any uh, books you're working on about the matter? Or no? Well, people are still finding me at foulballsafetynow.com. Um, and if there's anyone who's been hurt by a foul ball and knows somebody who's been hurt by a foul ball, uh, they can talk to me on or off the record. I'm working with Brendan, a co-writer, um, and he's very professional, but we can always have a first call before we would do an interview. Mm-hmm. But I am hearing impact statements and people's stories from all these different decades. And it's really powerful. So I'm just going to keep collecting information. And once my social media is kicking, I will then be ready to release something so people can <laughs> read, read it in a more uh, uh, heavy duty context. But you can go to the website and see a lot of articles. Not from baseball media, mostly from independent base, us, well, maybe some baseball media, but not really like baseball beat, beat writers who I really hold to the higher standard. They haven't really wanting, they really haven't wanting to, wanted to talk to me. But there's been some articles. I've been in LA Daily News, LA Daily News, LA Times, People Magazine, Boston Globe, you know, some other publications. So, you know, foulballsafetynow.com and and I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for being on the show and I have no more questions and I'm going to end this episode right here but I want to thank you for being on the show and being on my my first guest. (laughs) I appreciate that. Good luck with everything. I thank you. Well, that is the end of this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Kenny underscore sports and Instagram at Kenny the sports guy. Again, you can find me at Twitter at Kenny underscore sports and Instagram at Kenny the Sports Guy. Check out my latest episode on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, 
and my website, www.kennthesportgy.com, Ken the Sports Guy. Until the next episode, see ya, and I hope you stay safe and healthy. the Sports Guy Podcast.